The Talking Point with Kathy Motsasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Let's get straight then into our thinking point. So Limas Mabaila is the SACP's first Deputy General Secretary. He joins me on the line. Uh, Mr. Mabaila, very good morning to you. Mr. Mabaila? Yes, I'm saying good morning, Kathy, and good morning to our listeners. Ah, there we go. Now I can hear you loud and clear. A hundred years is a long time to establish an organization and really ensure that its impact can be felt within the society within which it exists. What do you think are the achievements of the SACP given where you are today as an organization? Yeah, surely the greatest achievement is our contribution to the national liberation of our country, defeating white colonial rule and apartheid government. Mr. Mabaila? Yes, um, am I getting lost again? Yes, yes. Oh, sorry about that. I was saying that the greatest contribution has been the contribution to our national liberation struggle uh, to defeat apartheid government and, of course, in the building of the progressive trade union movement in our country and the building of a progressive journalism in our country because the colonial government were so oppressive they did not allow progressive journalism and the SACP championed in building such kind of institutions. And of course, uh, working together with the ANC in the setup of Umkondo Sizwe to advance the struggle to arm struggle in order to push the apartheid government out of office. Do you think it was easier for the SACP to have a significant impact under apartheid than it is now post-democracy? Yes, of course. Um, if you look at, uh, I mean, the, the, we are the first non-racial organization in the country and on the African continent, and we have contributed that immensely um, to national unity in our country, and that continues today. Uh, these values that have now been fully embraced by the movement and the Congress of the People in 1955 of non-racialism was largely uh, credited to the overall work of the SACP, although at the time of uh, 1955, the SACP was already banned by the apartheid regime through the Suppression of Communism Act, which later on became the Internal Security Act, which they used to uh, gag anyone they didn't want to speak who was a critic of the apartheid system. So that contribution, and even now, still remains. If you look into the trajectory of many campaigns we have taken under the democratic dispensation, we have led in many other key policy interventions for social good. For instance, uh, we were the first to raise a campaign on public health, um, which is now uh, being adopted in government as the national health insurance, although it has taken too long, and many other critical public campaigns that uh, we have undertaken even the campaign that is now big in government and, and in uh, political and social circles on uh, uh, land, for instance, we started that campaign soon after uh, democracy through Maubuyo Umshaba campaign, which was an SACP-led campaign leading to the 2005 uh, uh, land summit convened by then Minister Togodi Samsani. Uh, but a lot of uh, things from that uh, particular uh, summit uh, did not uh, were not implemented, but nonetheless, we continue to champion that pre-apartheid and even post-apartheid to champion the working class interests and the interests of the people as a whole 
as, as, as the FACP, and we, we remain confident of our continued influence even today. Do you think that the voice of the SACP and the role that it plays has been diminished by the tripartite alliance of which you are part? Yes and no. Uh, yes, in a sense that we are not distinct organization uh, we, we, uh, on the collective work of the alliance, for instance. Sometimes uh, radical left-oriented uh, perspectives take long to implement by a country that is uh, running a mixed economic system and uh, having a, a, a predominance of capitalist influence. But that's, that's the, the, the component wherein our influence is less diminished. But there are areas where, for instance, irrespective of what the alliance says, we distinguish ourselves. For instance, in the fight against corruption, we were the first to lead a campaign, public campaign, political party in the country, to lead a public campaign against corruption. And of course, we paid dearly uh, for that. We lost most, most of our comrades, um, um, Comrade Mishala in uh, Nesprey, Mospago in Northwest, Bomba in Changasi, also in Bumalanga, and several others across the country. And later on, we took up um, uh, 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 President Zuma and, and the Gupta family directly as the SACP in the same context of the campaign in the fight against corruption. And we fought state capture itself. Um, leading to the, the commission on allegations of uh, corruption and uh, 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 fraud and state capture, uh, which we were the first political party to call for when President Zuma, after our fight with the Guptas, he kept on saying we have no evidence. And we said to him, if you want evidence, set up a judicial commission, you will find the evidence. And he was reluctant about that until public protector Tulima Tengela came to the same conclusion as us when uh, a complaint was uh, made to our office. Uh, several months after we've made that public call at the FACP. But we've been continuing at that time in the forefront of the fight against corruption, distinguishedly as the FACP. Of course, our allies joined us in that particular space, like in many other programs. So in other words, that areas where despite the conditions, we are able to take up the case on our own. And I think it. Oh, Mr. Mabaila, we seem to be losing you again. I'm going to ask our producers just to try and redial you. The SACP's first Deputy General Secretary, uh, Soli Mabaila, speaking on 100 years of the SACP, this, their significance as an organization today. I'll also find out what their views are in as far as the developments in Nkandla are concerned. It's 9.30 and Musa standing by with your latest news headlines. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614 SAFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point this morning. And for our thinking point, we're in conversation with Solima Paila, the SACP's first Deputy General Secretary. You can get in touch with us on 011-714-2006. And as far as this conversation is concerned, I'll also take your WhatsApp voice notes and messages on 614 Mr. Mapaila, you know, as you're reflecting on just the, the history of... Uh, you know, some of the campaigns that you have run and the extent to, to which you feel the SACP's voice and action is still relevant in South Africa today. There have been instances where yourselves as the SACP within the alliance are seen to be 
pulling in, in completely different directions. And and the issue of corruption is perhaps one of the easiest ones to, to look at, that in as much as you can come out and condemn corruption in this country and condemn state actors who are responsible for facilitating this corruption, it doesn't seem to be coming to an end. How do you deal with that in the context of of the alliance and do you truly believe that this is a culture that can change change but corruption as you know it's a uh, integrally linked with the capitalist system that uh, breeds uh, self-interest ahead of collective and public interest um, but what what is important is that state institutions need to be decisive and act uh, against corruption all the time. And I think affirmation of that remains very important from a political p- point of view, as well as uh, ensuring that uh, key political leaders uh, should constantly uh, dissuade people from getting involved in corruption and call on state actions uh, entities to act against uh, 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 corruption. So in that regard, yes, um, we will be able to defeat this culture of corruption as a country overall. Uh, when people start serving prison terms, uh, political leaders and government officials who are involved in corruption. And I think that one of the biggest uh, problems we have not highlighted in our corruption, we have been only looking at uh, the adjudication of tenders and allocation of tenders, but we have not looked into ethical behavior within the government sphere that breeds uh, corruption tendencies. So where you find that uh, nepotism and uh, such related things, um, are, are created as conduit uh, for corruption. So it's very, very important that we also, uh, in our general uh, uh, lexicon as a movement, as a people as well, we embrace uh, ethical behavior and conduct as very important. Let's talk about part of what we've seen unfold over the last couple of days. Many are describing the situation as being a a moment of choice, that the country at this moment must choose the path on which it will walk when it comes to the institutions of this country that you're you're referencing, in particular the judiciary and the rule of law. What is the SACP's position on some of the developments that have been unfolding in Nganda? There are two aspects to it. The first one is that uh, when people pledge solidarity with uh, one another, and like in this case to President Zuma, we don't condemn that. Uh, we, we think it's a, it's a good uh, uh, value. But when people uh, begin to uh, embrace solidarity in the context of breaking the law and uh, rejecting the state system and our democracy, then we draw the line and we think that's extremely unacceptable. We reject that with the contempt that uh, it deserves, and particularly when there are also mobilization for violence. And we really are unhappy about this. We, 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 we want to tell those comrades who are involved in this to stop it because we will fight them directly as the people of this country and also through our state system because we created a democratic state under a constitution that guides us. It is the framework of this constitution that we use today to develop our country. And any other form of violence is extremely uh, uh, rejected and uh, unacceptable. We cannot support uh, what we have seen developing uh, in Gandla, including outright rejection 
uh, even of the uh, current uh, uh, pandemic regulations, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic regulations, uh, which shows the disregard for the rule of law, uh, which we, we call as supreme in our country. We do know as communists that we don't have a communist society. Uh, predominantly the rule of law or general policy of government under a capitalist system will necessarily be uh, those of the ruling class. And nonetheless, um, we are still affirming the fact that we are a democracy. If you want changes, change government. It's as simple as that. The people who are threatening violence have described themselves as being members of the Umkonto Wesiusa military veterans. The, this is an organization that is very much part of the alliance which you are part of. Yes. Um, look, the people who have gone there, firstly, to pledge solidarity with uh, former President Zuma as uh, MKMVA, M- MVA Military Veterans Association. It's no longer a military structure. It's a structure of former military members. So we don't regard it as necessarily a military structure. It's a former military structure. Um, that's our structure because the party, together with the ANC, jointly and later on for a joint by its alliance component, established the Umkonto Wesizwe. In fact, the Communist Party trained members before the ANC even tried to train members for military action. And this was the first uh, of our non-racial components after the SACP and, 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 and earlier on the establishment of the uh, Federation of uh, South African Women, which was also uh, organized on a national basis. So MKMVA is an important organ of our liberation movement, of those who were at the forefront of the battles against the apartheid uh, regime and their comrades their lives from the democracy that today they are seeking to undermine in support of one particular individual. That this constitution, majority of those comrades, MK combatants, died for. Some of these comrades who have uh, uh, been mobilized were part and parcel of some of those battles and have survived them. So they can't punish their heroic legacy in order to pursue the interest of one person and one group irrespective of the positions of the government or even those of the ANC particularly. Because MK was given, uh, ANC was given the authority to oversee the operations of MK in order to conduct our liberation uh, war and struggle. But communists took an uh, active role and part in the leadership and, and activities uh, of Mkondo Sizwe. So that escalation of mobilization for violence using former MK combatants it's also unacceptable. We reject that with the contempt that it deserves. And we say to our comrades, they must not uh, tarnish their own heroic battles. They must not reverse their own uh, advances that they've made, that they've gained in the struggle. And therefore, they must support the leadership of the ANC, the collective leadership on the posture that we are taking. And it can be us in the ANC and the, the alliance that actually instigates violence when we hacked, worked so hard to end the violence against our people by the apartheid regime and their surrogates. What is the posture that you're taking? Because we haven't heard from the ANC on this matter. What we do know is that there were ANC-NEC members that watched all of these developments and, uh, quite frankly, were not seen to be discouraging any of what was happening in Nganda. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's been a conflation of issues. Um, the ANC was in meetings. Uh, we'll get the feedback about that. They will certainly address the public. 
they had to suspend their NEC in order to send a strong delegation uh, to that area to speak directly to President Zuma. Although we need to indicate that the ANC can go as far as controlling its members in this regard. The judicial process, it's an independent process of the ANC. There's no way in which you can even uh, 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 twist their hands to say, tell the judiciary to do this because it's impossible for them to do so. So whatever happens, we have to accept the outcome of the constitutional court and the judicial process that started with the, with, with, with the, with, with the uh, constitutional court. It's also important, uh, uh, by the way, uh, Keshi, to also indicate that we also, at, at, the, at, the, at the point that the Chief Justice, the Deputy Chief Justice, referred this matter to the uh, uh, constitutional court, we had, at that particular point in time, nonetheless expressed a view that said, he should have actually called for a clarity on this matter. But of course, he was pressed with time, which we don't necessarily had a problem with. Uh, they, they, they should have got a clarity on the jurisprudence on the matter in which a litigant arrives in, in front of a judicial officer and say, you will not be fair to me. And in this case, uh, this litigant is arriving in a one-person commission. So instead of the Deputy Chief Justice seeking legal clarity or creating a precedent by making a clarity on this matter, he just normally used the, the normal process, rejected uh, President Zuma's reasons, and to say you'll continue to appear before me. Because at that time, that is why part of the mobilization is that President Zuma continues to say, uh, I did not say I did not want to appear before the commission. And we highlighted that. And with that, that's why we, we believe that fairness is extremely important. But nonetheless, when the Constitutional Court came to the final ruling that he must appear before the court, which was something different now, given that that's what the, the, the uh, Deputy Chief Justice had prayed for at that time, President Zuma was then forced and required by law to appear before the court, and he, he rejected to do so. Now he must also face the consequences of that rejection of the law. Mr. Mabaila, I'm going to ask you to stay on the line. I'm taking your calls on 011-714-2006. Tsepo, you're calling us on uh, from Limpopo. You have a question, I believe, for um, the SACP's first Deputy General Secretary. Indeed, Katie. Morning, how are you? Good, Tsepo. Good, Mr. Mabaila. Hi, Katie. Yes. Okay, Mr. Mabaila, I just want to understand, because there seems not to be a consensus with regards to what would the meaning of state capture be? So in your opening statement, I, I, I took note of the fact that you, you highlighted yourselves as one of the people that were pushing for the state capture commission. And then again, just now, before you closed off, you, were, you, were, you, you closed off in saying that we should accept and, 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 and uh, we should accept and take what the constitutional court, court judge has put across from us. But I want to understand from the position of the SACP, because if we are going to speak about state capture, there should be three pillars that would be included in that state. So I want to understand if perhaps maybe of those three pillars, are there some that are exempted, or is the judiciary involved in that? Like I'm saying, the, the, the reason for my question is because there seems not to be a consensus with regards to what state capture is and what it is supposed to be. Thank you so much, Kathy. I'll listen on on the radio. All right, Sapo. Mr. Mapaila. State capture is a big issue uh, worldwide. Um, in fact, uh, all uh, pillars of state can be captured. Parliamentarians can be captured. The judiciary can be captured. The executive can be captured by different interest groups. 
In fact, if you read uh, the lexicon on these matters uh, from the public administration studies in the U.S. in the 1950s, they were actually even talking about the concept of deep capture, wherein you find that uh, a member of parliament is uh, funded by corporations, and that person, whether it's uh, in the executive of that particular uh, parliament or not, when later on they act, they act not much on the and the interest of themselves, but on the interest of those uh, uh, corporations. Sometimes those corporations don't even have to tell them what to do. So that's when it's even characterized as deep capture. So it it, it goes across all levels and and and, and layers of state. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that because we are dealing with state capture, we must disregard the rule of law. SK in Durban wants to know if the SACP is as influential as you say it is, why do you continue to lean on the ANC? Well, it's a collective decision we have taken uh, whether we weaken the National Democratic Revolution as a movement because at every point in time that we have to take a particular decision, uh, we have to find that our 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 state system, our movement, our liberation—it's not coherent, and sometimes is weakened. And therefore, we take decisions not to weaken ourselves, but to make sure that we strengthen ourselves. Because at the current period of our revolution, the majority interests are common interests for all of us as a movement. And therefore, in that regard, we can then be able to uh, necessarily not stand on our own per se, but consolidate the broad interest of our revolution. But obviously, if the revolution detours completely, there's no way in which we can uh, accept that. That is why uh, we have continuously, at the, at, at the same time, worked together. But in instances where, for instance, there's been total disregard, like what happened in Metimaul in the Free State, where uh, 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 municipality was captured completely, and workers were disregarded, their rights were disregarded, and all political interventions failed, we decided to contest that particular municipality as a warning to the ANC. And we have also said, even in this current local government election, if such does happen, and we have sent a message to our comrades in the free state, particularly for Malujapu, for municipality area, that unless problems there are collectively being addressed by the collective of the alliance, we will be able to stand with the people at the SACP. You've been threatening to go elections alone for some time now. In fact, it seems to come up at every round of local elections in particular, and sometimes even with national elections. Kathy, you are not... Um, uh, that's the exact point that I'm, I'm, I was responding to, SK. It's not a threat. It's the reality. Uh, we, have, we, have, we have parameters in which things must happen. Like in this case, for instance, we have called for an inclusive... A, a, a process in the selection of uh, candidates for local government election, but also to respond to the conditions of the people, like in Malujapufung in the Free State, where, for instance, um, water was diverted to, to, to different groupings and so forth and so forth. And we, we really feel that uh, in that context, there's no way in which uh, we can allow a movement to drive the revolution in that particular direction. And we, 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 we draw the line in the sand in that regard and say, yeah, we won't accept it. And we are able to have discussions uh, to the extent that we, uh, our views are taken into consideration. We are not able to, to contest. But in areas like Metsimaolu, where we could not agree at all, 
you will remember the, the week before the election, that's only when the alliance agreed. And we actually went down to Metumaholo together with the leadership of Kosatu and the ANC. Uh, President Zuma was there, I was there, to go and address that particular community because we were de- we delayed to resolve the issues. But nonetheless, we ended up contesting on that particular issue. But by the time the alliance uh, top leadership met to discuss that situation, we had already registered and uh, were on the ballot to stand for the election. Mr. Mabaila, just, just listening to some of the collective comments that you've been given, one can't help but have a sense that the SACP, in one instance, has, for lack of a better phrase, a begging bowl in hand. And, you know, you seem to be... Um, you seem to be vulnerable to the elements of the alliance that you are in. Does that not challenge or does that not put into question the moral standing and integrity of the organization in that by way of the alliance that you are in, these contradictions which you have been reflecting on in in the last you know 20 minutes with me will continue to remain. But the message that that sends out to society is one of sometimes a, a party that will talk talk left, but, you know, do right because the alliance says we're going right. I think um, that I, I shared a perspective for a little bit to explain that things when they're, they're, they're regressing. And we all feel that we're actually even if sometimes we're not responsible. But what we have characterized as the SCCP uh, now is that Mr. Mabaila, I'm, I'm so sorry. That line to you has, has just gotten so bad. I, I can barely make out what you're saying. Uh, apologies, Mr. Mabaila. I can barely make out what you're saying. Unfortunately, uh, the quality of that line has been deteriorating. So, Mabaila, as the SACP's first Deputy General Secretary, will have to wrap it up there with him for today. Okay, let me take a couple of the WhatsApp voice notes that you've been sending into the show on the subject. I'll also continue you taking your calls on 011-714-2006. Hi, Pimela. Corey from Kabecha. Yeah, the SACP guy talking here, Warren goes on about the battle against corruption. The SACP was integral in getting Jacob Zuma elected, um, you know, firstly to hit the ANC and as president of the country, um, despite everything, uh, the allegations against him. Good morning to you, Princess Kathy, and your guests. I admire your guest's contribution to the SACP and its contribution for our freedom as it stood by the ANC to liberate us. But post-1994, what contribution has the SACP made to improve the lives of South Africans? Thank you. Chapter 2. Yeah, the, the voice of the SACP is dwindling. Uh, the party is no longer talking for the poor and the, and the working class. It's actually chose to sleep in the same blanket with the white monopoly and the Stellenbosch mafias. So we're no longer taking them serious. They may talk, but we're no longer taking them serious. Marivelle Mpop. on SAFM. I continue with your calls in Cape Town. Brian, good morning to you, Brian. Good morning to you. Kathy, I just want to comment on, briefly comment on this conversation. Mm. Look, um, the SACP is a fake communist party. They're the guardians of the capitalist system. I can tell you throughout the world, you know, uh, Eastern Bloc, uh, 
and most of the other so-called communist parties, um, they are they've hijacked the language of liberation, but they've completely removed the content. As Trotsky said, these people are the grave diggers of the socialist revolution. They run with the air, and but they hunt with the hound. Mm. Um, the communist, so-called communists, is it, it, they're in alliance with the biggest capitalist party in the country, which is the ANC. And um, you don't, uh, genuine communists do not form alliances with capitalists. And uh, the other thing, as soon as it's, when it gets to election time, then they encourage their voters, their members to vote for the ANC, for the capitalist party. They, they cannot be taken seriously. They are the guardians of the capitalist um, and, party, and, the ANC. Yeah, and Brian, to, to the extent that Mr. Mabaila says, well, in their current alliance, they are able to influence things from the inside, which is perhaps a position they would not, or something they would not be able to do if they were outside of the alliance. Does that, does that hold, you know, is that justified no, no, for you? No, that's, that's, that they use that language to deceive the masses. Mm. They've been on the, hanging on to the coattails of the ANC for decades. And um, there's a reason for that. Their leadership earn huge salaries, like uh, uh, Blade and Tamandi. And in, in 1990, um, Joe Slovo made a statement to the Time magazine. If you read the Time magazine of 1990, going back even before Odessa, you, you, you find what he said there, that communism, genuine communism, is not on the agenda of the SACP. Mm. People shouldn't be fooled. Read the, the Times magazine of 1990. See, here what Joe to say. They are there to deceive the masses. They're basically the guardians of the capitalist system. And I'll challenge any one of them at any time, at any place. I'll discuss this matter with them. They, no amount of deceit is going to uh, cut it. Uh, they, they continue to support the ANC, the, capitalist, the biggest capitalist party. And he uses the language like a revolution. There was never a revolution in this country in 